0: You're listening to a Sovereign Hope Church podcast with pastor and Amen. teaching elder Adam. Fensley. So, today
1: will be a little bit different from a normal application Sunday just because of the fact that <clears throat> we just got done with our leadership retreat with elders and deacons and their spouses this weekend. We spent a lot of time reflecting and kind of thinking through things that we're doing, things that we could do better, things that we're not doing that we should be doing. Um, just spent a lot of time evaluating and making plans for the future. And so, um, it was a really great time of fellowship for us, a great time of being able to, to really just spend the amount of time needed to talk about some of the things that have been pressing on our hearts. And so really grateful and thankful for that um, and really just want to take uh, time this morning to share with you some of the fruit of those meetings Um, So not really reflecting on our previous sermons like we would normally do on an application Sunday, spending today more so to communicate to you some things, hopefully to excite you about things that are going on in our church, things that we want to see happening in our church, um, but also to keep you informed about things going on as well. And so I want to start just with kind of a budget update. So we had been doing our committed giving um, through the month of December, and then here at the beginning of January, we told you guys that we really wanted to kind of cut that off and know here 's what we expect to um, to have given this year so that we can make some real good plans about how to use that money um, so out of our twenty eight member giving units, I think we have twenty two that have committed to give for this year, um, and I think we 've landed right at ninety three thousand dollars for the year, um, which is great given the numbers of, of people that we 're talking about that are going to be giving to that total so Um, We're excited and and, and encouraged and feel blessed by how God has blessed us and how we're going to be able to give. Um, It is under what we've been kind of average in giving, and so uh, as elders and deacons, we're going to be monitoring the giving um, over the next couple of months to see if we're able to honor those committed givings um, so that we can better prepare a budget for the remainder of the year. So for the first couple of months, we're going to watch and see the giving trends get a real good idea of what we expect to come in for the rest of the year and make sure that we use that um, to the best of our abilities for God's glory. So I want to encourage you. First of all, I want to thank you for the response in our committed giving efforts to to have you commit to give. Again, we're not asking you to give a certain amount. We're asking you through the prompting of the Holy Spirit to determine um, what's appropriate for you or your family to give. And so we thank you for taking the time to do so. Um, We also want to ask that you'll you'll strive to honor those committed givings um, that you've made to our church so that we can um, do the things that we've kind of set out to do. Um, Do you have anything you want to interject with that? Or any questions about any of that that Ben could help answer? Okay, so that's a little bit of an update about uh, where we stand with our budget. Um, We do want to be very cautious and mindful of our funds this year because we had seen some of our giving trends decrease um, last year. Um, But we are going to move forward forward with the construction in our third unit Um, we really want to give separation for our kids class and our youth we've spent way too long talking about it and way too long waiting to see if that's the right decision at this point Um, you know things are kind of on hold with potentially moving to any other location and we just don't want to delay that process any further so um, Marcus is heading up efforts to kind of work out somebody to come in and do that so we are going to put a wall up in the third unit to separate our youth and our kids' class so they've got a little bit more privacy uh, for their classes in the morning. So look for that to go up um, very soon. Um, Also tied to the budget, um, we've been blessed to have Chris and Melissa home um, for the past couple of months. Most of you guys know that Chris had surgery recently um, and is recovering from that surgery. Chris was supposed to already be back in Uganda. Um, He had originally planned to go middle of January, spend some time in Spain, and then was going to meet Melissa over there today would have been that day for them to meet up in Amsterdam and then go back to Uganda together. Um, Chris has pushed back his departure date because of the fact that he still has six tumors, at least six tumors, he thinks, in his body that have yet to be removed. So even though he had surgery and had tumors removed, he still has potentially six that are left. Um, He's trying to get an appointment with John Hopkins um, to determine next steps for him um because to go to go he's going to go back uh the the desire is to figure out when should he then come back for some additional surgery he's got some on his spine um and those are going to continue to get worse and continue to cause more and more pain and so um he's trying to see if he can get in in a reasonable amount of time before he goes back to set a game plan for when to come back home to have surgery I um, mean, that may be as soon as next December, so almost a full year back in Uganda before maybe he comes home and has surgery. It kind of depends on that meeting. And so if he can't get that meeting scheduled soon, then his plan is to just go ahead and buy a ticket and go back and see how long he can go before he has to come home for surgeries, I think. So um, just to kind of give you an update on, on where Chris is at. Um, <clears throat> the Grace for Education board did have their board meeting um, about a week ago, I guess it was. Um, And in that discussion, really talked about plans that Grace for Education has. you'll remember, um, in the process of sending Melissa, the desire was for her to go and to help prepare the way um, for the girls' facility that was going to be built, right? So Chris has got the the guys' facility built. He's got some guys that are living there for discipleship. The goal is to then build a a girls' facility where Melissa would then have helped train and kind of work with somebody to kind of overtake that and as well help disciple the girls that are living there. Um, the Grace for Education board has decided to delay and kind of put on hold any plans to build that facility. You'll remember when we first started talking to you guys about sending um, sending Melissa, the hope was that they were going to start construction uh, a year ago from right now. Like we were sending her the hopes that she would spend there a couple of months and then that facility would be built and they would start um, being able to place girls there. Um, so that did not happen during her first year. And <clears throat> now that the board's had a chance to meet, looking at their finances and where their giving's at, wanting to be very frugal with the monies that God has blessed them with, um, they've put that on hold. Um, and so Melissa has sought guidance from us, from the board, um, from friends and family as to what what's best for her and the role that she plays moving forward given that new information. Um, and so... Melissa has decided to, to come back home. Um, so she's gonna go for um, a month or two, potentially, and then she's going to come back home with the, with the door being left open to potentially go back once those efforts start to be made to build the girls' facility. Um, so we had committed to give money to Melissa for three years. Um, you know, We've communicated to her, that money is still there, it's still available. What we'd hate to do is to see that money exhausted and then by the time that money runs out, now the girls' facilities are <laughs> ready to be built. So to us, it makes most sense in conversating, in conversating with her that maybe we, maybe we have her come back home for a time, see if those, those things develop, um, and then send her back potentially in the future, um, or at least have the option to reevaluate and rediscuss whether or not that makes sense for her in her life, where she's at at that time. So that's been a difficult decision for Melissa. I think that's weighed on her. Um, A lot just even being over there and then coming home and trying to determine what's best. So um, we do have Melissa here today. We're going to pray over her at the end of the service because she is leaving today to go back. um, And she'll go back to kind of close out some things over there, say some goodbyes to some of the relationships that she's formed, um, and then transition back here for however long God has her here. And so we want to continue to encourage Melissa, um, realizing that she's not going to be gone near as long as she was the first time. She'll probably be gone for the next two months or so, um, but then she'll be coming back here, and so we want to help her transition back here um, and do everything that we can. We also want to keep Chris in our prayers because um, you know he'll be over there now by himself with Innocent and Dorothy, and so we want to be mindful of ways that we can continue to encourage him um, from a distance. So I think that's a, a pretty good overview of what's going on with Uganda, some of the developments there. Um, we wanted you to guys, we wanted you guys to know as Melissa leaves today some of those details so that it wasn't confusing when she does come back. And we didn't want you to think that something happened when she got over there to make her come back, that the decision's been made by her to come back before she leaves today. So um, any questions about any of that? Okay. Um, so we are continuing, obviously, to support Chris and Grace for Education. Um with Melissa coming home, we do want to leave open the door of possibility for us to support somebody else or some other ministry as well. Um, we will obviously want to continue to build on our foreign mission focus and um, really make sure that we're capitalizing on efforts that we can to help make, make disciples of all nations. And so we are in the process of kind of evaluating, is there anything we want to add to in our missions giving um, during this transition as well? So as anything comes from that discussion we'll be we'll be sure to update you as well on some of that so all right um another thing that kind of came out of our discussion this weekend is we want to we want to target um, individuals and really begin to equip individuals to assume responsibilities within our church as future needs arise. Um, one of the big things is man, we would love to continue to see our secret ministry expand have more and more C groups that are needed because people are coming to our church. We certainly don't want to wait until we have too many people for our C groups and then have to start splitting off. And so we want to be more proactive in finding people that we can start equipping and training to be leaders in those ministries. And so we're going to be talking to some individuals about taking on Sunday morning discussion group responsibility. That's been kind of a way that we've used to introduce people to the responsibilities of C group ministry facilitating answering questions leading people to answer questions and so we're going to you're going to see an increase in the people that are being used on Sunday mornings hopefully very soon where these people will start taking responsibilities away from some of the others so that they can kind of grow up in that capacity as well we're also going to start trying to target couples in our c groups that become the next couple up to kind of split off and and create a c group as needs arise within that group so we're going to be having some conversations with different people in our church that we want to identify and help equip and train for those purposes so we're excited about what god's doing we are excited about the growth that we're seeing in some of the lives of our people that aren't officially in some of these positions And we wanna be able to communicate that value to them that we see it, we recognize it. We don't want to just sit on that. We want to cultivate that. And so we're looking forward to having those conversations and seeing some of these people start to grow up in some of those areas. So don't be surprised when you come in on a Sunday morning and you hear some new names leading some of these groups on Sunday morning um, because we want to help grow some of these people up um, into some of these capacities. And so we'll still rely on some of the people that have been doing that, but kind of add some people to that um, as well. One thing that, um, let's see, one thing we've been praying about um, as far as goals for our church is adding to our leadership overall, right? So we've been praying for um, deacons, and God saw fit to add to that, and so we've been able to add to our deacon leadership. We've also been praying for elder leadership. We've been praying for, for God to call out men in our church that would feel compelled to come and lead alongside Tyson, Adam, and I and assume responsibilities to do so. Um, we've prayed for God to bring people to our church, to call out people that have been a part of our church for those purposes, um, but really kind of leaving that in the Spirit's hands. And so I, I believe strongly that we don't approach people and say, "Hey, you should be a de- you should be an elder of our church." We want to hear that kind of come out first from a man who says, "Man, I feel the Spirit's prompting that, that maybe he wants me to lead in this way." What do you guys think, as elders, about that? Um, so we've been praying for that and. Um, we were blessed recently with, a, with an individual who came to us and said, hey, I'm starting to feel the prompting uh, to potentially lead in this capacity. Um, and so Marcus Garrett came to us, I guess, towards the end of last summer um, and expressed a desire and an interest in potentially um, taking on this leadership responsibility in our church. And so we started having conversations with Marcus. We've tried to increase some of his responsibilities. So Marcus helps lead our discussion groups on Sunday morning. Um, and and really just began to, to have some conversation with him, began to give him some training material for him to initially start to work on. But we also kind of confessed to Marcus, hey, as elders, we're kind of in a season of weariness right now. This is not the the most optimal time for us to, to start pouring into you. We've got to get healthy ourselves as well. And so um, Marcus has been very patient in that process with us as we've stayed in conversation with him. Um, and then we used some time over the leadership retreat to to meet as elders and try to set out a, a plan to invest in Marcus, um, and then also had some time to communicate that plan to Marcus. And so if you're familiar with our function documents, you'll know that uh, for someone to come to us, we evaluate them from the biblical qualifications of an elder. If they are not disqualified from those qualifications, they, they then enter into what we call an elder apprenticeship, and basically that's a season of life. Um, up to six months, we evaluate every six months where they're at in that process. But um, basically, for six months at least, they spend time with the elders, um, th- kind of undergoing a thorough evaluation and a thorough equipping to where basically when, when someone like Marcus comes, comes to the end of an apprenticeship, it's us as a church, or it's us as elders coming to the church and saying, hey, we believe Marcus is qualified and equipped to lead this church as an elder. When we reach that point, Marcus then enters into an elder candidacy period, which lasts for eight months. For eight months, Marcus then has been told to you that he is ready to be an elder in our minds. We want you to do anything and everything that you need to do in your minds to alleviate any concerns. So we start to put Marcus into teaching responsibility positions so that you can hear and see him teach and take on some of that responsibility. For eight months, you get to observe Marcus beginning to function here and there in some of those capacities. At the end of eight months, you have four weeks, a nine-month, four weeks to come share any concerns that you have at the end of those eight months. Hey, you know, I joined this church. I want to submit to the leadership. I have concerns about this elder candidate, if there are any. So we don't formally Raise your hands if you think Marcus should be an elder or not at the end of this. We give you four weeks of voting, basically, for you to come privately to us and say, hey, I got some concerns. So we're not interested in your hands going up or down. We're interested in you coming and saying, hey, I've got some concerns that I want to talk about. And then we help work through those concerns. Um, at the end of those four weeks, if, if we work through all the concerns or haven't heard any concerns, then we would then ordain Eli Marcus as an elder of our church. Okay, so just to kind of give you a, an understanding of the timeline here, We're not telling you today that you should think Marcus is qualified to be an elder of our church necessarily. We're not telling you as elders that Marcus is equipped yet to be an elder of our church. What we are telling you today, so there's no secrets and there's no confusion, that Marcus has expressed a desire to be an elder in our church. We are now inviting him to enter into an apprenticeship with us, where we've got a plan laid out with all three elders to make sure that in the next six months that we are pouring into him so that at the end of six months, we can sit down with Marcus and evaluate where he feels like he's at, where we feel like he is at. If at the end of six months, we feel like, man, we think you're qualified, then we will let you know, hey, he, entered, he is now entering into a candidacy period. Um, if at the end of six months, Marcus says, hey, I'm not ready to do this yet. Like, I, I still want to, to be equipped further. I need to be equipped further. If the elders believe that's the case, then we'll continue that process if needed. Only when we feel comfortable that Marcus is ready to stand with us and lead with us will we present him back to you as somebody to consider as an elder. Does that make sense? So I don't want anybody to be confused as to what we're saying here this morning. We're saying that Marcus has expressed a desire, and as elders we are too expressing a desire to pour into him with the hopes of seeing him become an elder in our church at the appropriate time. Um, We're excited about that. Again, it's something that we've been praying about Um, We're excited about the heart that Marcus has demonstrated within our church. We're excited that the Holy Spirit has prompted his heart to come and talk to us about that. And so we're excited to see over the next several months (coughs) what takes place in Marcus's life, the growth that he experiences, and then being able to add to our leadership. Um, I think especially just this weekend, being able to lead not just as one pastor or one elder, but to have a community of three, it's so important as we try to evaluate and make decisions to have checks and balances in place so that we never get ahead of ourselves, we never overlook something, we never have a blind spot. So I always look forward to being able to add to that, to have somebody else that can come in with a different perspective, with a, with a, different, with a different eye. Um, and then it only adds more verification when we decide to do something that, hey, four of us believe this is the right thing to do. We're in a unanimous decision, not just three of us. So um, I'm excited about that. I'm um, excited about Marcus um having the desire to do that. Any questions about that and the process that that would look like uh, moving forward? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we do give him a really nice framed uh, certificate of his ordination. Um, also, just just so you'll remember, in case you've forgotten, when we ordained um, Tyson and Adam, part of that final process is to have will, will be to have Marcus stand before you, and then as elders, we will ask him questions that he has to answer before you as well. We want him to be able to demonstrate to you not just his teaching ability, but his ability to talk about the gospel, to talk about God's word, and not have to have notes in front of him to do so, right? Like We want him to be able to demonstrate his capability um, doctrinally, theologically, to be able to communicate to you that he is equipped and qualified to lead. And so we did that with Tyson and Adam. If you don't remember, um, we had them just just pose, uh, or we, I posed questions to them, and they had to answer those questions before you just so you could kind of see the thoroughness of of how they prepared for that. And so we'll do the same with Marcus as well at the end of that process, whenever that may be. Any other questions? Okay. The last thing that I wanted to touch on this morning, um, we spent some time talking about our church's approach to discipleship um, and kind of what we're currently doing and and things that we could potentially add to what we're currently doing to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to fulfill the Great Commission, and that's to teach people everything that Christ has commanded them to do. Um, I want to back up before I tell you one thing that we're going to be doing differently this year. I want to back up and just kind of re-express what discipleship looks like within this church. Um, Discipleship is is a word, it's a topic that is really just a big umbrella that a lot of things can kind of fall under, right? You go into a church and you ask the leadership, the pastor, hey, what do you guys do for discipleship? You'll probably get a lot of different answers at, a, at, at every church that you go to. Um, the reason for that is a lot of things can be called discipleship, right? Some pastors are gonna talk to you about their Sunday school classes. They're gonna talk about the, the training and the teaching that takes place in a Sunday school class. Some of them are gonna talk about their small groups. Some of them are gonna talk about their women's ministry or their men's ministry. Some of them are gonna talk about mentorship programs that they've created within their church. All those things fall under discipleship if we're talking about discipleship being a process of teaching people everything that Christ has commanded them to do. Under that big umbrella, even what we do on Sunday mornings as we teach through books of the Bible is a form of discipleship because it's me teaching you things that Christ has commanded us to do. So a lot of things fall under discipleship. Um, Each church has to kind of figure out how do we understand discipleship in our context? How are we going to seek to make sure that we're trying to reach people where they're at and equip them, teach them, grow them up, disciple them, whatever words you want to use so they become more like Christ, okay? So I want to remind you kind of the acronym that I've used because I want you to understand how I understand discipleship for us as a church. You are always welcome to say, I like that or don't like that, right? What I, what I would not want you to think is that we aren't doing discipleship or aren't, doing, uh, or aren't making efforts to make disciples if it doesn't fall under how you might define discipleship, right? So I wanna help you understand how we define discipleship and then share with you how we wanna continue to build off that. So I came up with the acronym several years ago that I've shared with you before that we wanna make sure that disciples are made in our church, and, and to make sure that we meet for the purpose of making disciples. And so one of the things that, that we want to do in meeting with people within our church is we meet with people for marital counseling. That's premarital counseling prior to somebody entering into that covenant relationship. That's also sitting down and meeting people uh, as they've been married for marital counseling. And sometimes you hear marital counseling and it's like, oh, you mean people that are having problems in their marriage. And that's not necessarily the case. Marital counseling may be, hey, as a couple we want wisdom and guidance in how to handle our finances in a way that honors Christ and, and allows us to give to the church and allows us to be hospitable with our home. So can, can we meet with somebody that can help us with our finances, right? Like Ben is about to do that for anybody in our church interested uh, to work through some financial things that he's learned, to take us through some curriculum that may help you as you evaluate your finances. So to me, marital counseling is an important way that we make sure disciples are made because we're helping couples in our church understand what it looks like to model the gospel, which is the purpose of being married, right? To show a picture of Christ and the church to our community. And if we can do that better by meeting with people in our church to equip them to do that better, then then we're ensuring that disciples are being made, right? We also meet within our church for accountability. We do that for everybody in our church. When you join, we place you into an accountability group that you help choose for the purpose of spiritual growth, that you're aligning yourself with other men or other women in our church where you're, you're attempting to do life together. You're attempting to share your soul with these other people, to, to receive encouragement, to experience conviction when you need it. Um, and, and that's always going to be a, a growing process for those groups to be what we desire for them to be, right? Like, they're not perfect. Right? like I don't know that we have an accountability group in this church that would say, hey, our group's perfect. We've worked out everything. We're completely comfortable with each other. We never have any issues, never have anything that's left unsaid. Like it takes time to get comfortable with each other. Right? But we've, we've strived to, to create disciples through our accountability groups. And at times when needed, if somebody feels like, man, I need one-on-one attention about something that I'm dealing with, we've offered that as well. Uh, to help somebody gain victory over a certain situation, to gain victory over a certain issue in their life. Um, We also meet, uh, for lack of a better word, for discipleship. But that word meaning um, making sure that people in our church are equipped to feed themselves. Uh, We want to make sure that everybody in our church is able to sustain themselves spiritually by feasting upon the word performing spiritual disciplines in their life where they understand what it means to pray what it means to to spend time with christ individually on their own as they pursue christ not just coming and hearing the word taught on a sunday morning but throughout the week what it looks like to follow jesus and to feast upon jesus and to to feast upon his word we want to disciple people to be able to take care of themselves spiritually. Now, none of us ever gets to a point where we don't need each other in our growth, and our in our pursuit of Christ, but all of us should be able to get to the point where we can, again, go to God's word and feed ourselves. We know how to, to follow Jesus and to spend time with Christ. And so we wanna meet with people to be able to do that. Um, and then the last thing is the word equipping. This is where, what we're gonna be doing with Marcus. We wanna make sure that, we equip Marcus, we disciple Marcus to, to become an elder of our church. Um, we want to meet with people that we desire to see them become C-group leaders, to, to grow them up and to train them and to equip them, okay? So discipleship for our church kind of falls into these categories. Um, we want to, at times even, meet one-on-one if necessary to help grow somebody up in a specific area, okay? When we did our survey recently, we had a bunch of people say, hey, I'm willing, ready, and able to disciple somebody if there's a need. So I know some of you have a heart to be willing, ready, and able to meet with people that have something that, that they need to be taught, equipped, or, or whatever that may be. What we want to do this year is to create what, here's what, here's what um, I think can be difficult. If discipleship is understood to be One-on-one relationships, but they're not being clarity as to what is to be accomplished in that one-on-one relationship, right? Like a lot of us have been that person who said, hey, will you disciple me, right? Like I've identified a godly man or a godly woman in my church and I want to learn from them. But a lot of us aren't really clear as to what we wanna learn. And I can tell you it's an unbelievable amount of pressure on the person who has been asked to disciple somebody and you're not really given what, what it is they wanna learn. It's like being told, hey, I'm hungry for dinner. Can you make me something? And I go into the kitchen and I make something and I bring it out and you're like, uh, eh, I don't know. Like, eh, that's kinda good, but maybe you could try something else. Okay, so I go back into the kitchen and I try to whip something else up and I bring it out and it's like,
0: uh, ah, yeah,
1: right? Like, I want to, I want to be able to, have our church want to potentially meet with somebody but know exactly why I want to and for that person to know exactly why you want to. A way that we've identified that I think we can help cultivate that this year in our church. um, We want to create a night once a month where we are going to invite you both male and females to do some of the things that we've tried to accomplish in past with man-up breakfasts and pizza and theology nights where it's only been for the men, right? Like, we've heard the women's cries. Why don't you ever offer this for the women? Um, so now's the time, okay? Now's the time. So here's what this is going to look like. What we want to do is to continue to do everything we're doing on Sunday morning, and that's teach through books of the Bible, right? But we also recognize there are potentially topical type things that you need to be exposed to, that some of you desire to be exposed to to kind of grow up in your faith. Things like how to study the Bible, how to share my faith, um, what's the Old Testament about, right? Like, is it still relevant for us in the New Testament? Things that may or may not get covered on a Sunday morning or it may take a while for us to come back around to it. What we're gonna do on, on these nights, once a month, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna shift... Uh, men's and women's dinners back to every other month, and we're gonna reclaim that other Wednesday when we're not doing men's and women's dinners for this type of night. We're gonna have a rotation of people that speak at these things, okay? So our elders will be participating in that. Other people in our church that we believe have a gifting to teach. Maybe they're not in leadership, maybe they are, but this is also a place where Marcus will be invited to um, be able to speak and teach at times as well. To identify a topic, so let's just say, for example, for, for the month of January, it's how to study the Bible on your own. We're going to spend 20 to 30 minutes having somebody kind of teach on that. Then we're going to have another 30 minutes or so of, of question and answer. Okay, so there'll be some facilitation of discussion about the topic. There's also going to be a formal, more than what we do at C group type of instructional teaching. So not just, hey, let's talk about this topic. It's going to be, hey, I'm going to teach you this topic. Then we're going to take some questions about this topic. At the end of that night, what we're then going to pose is, hey, if you feel like you need to be discipled in this area, you you don't know how to do this, or, or you want more equipping or more information about this, let us know, because we'd love to pair you up with somebody that will then seek to teach this to you further. What that creates now is a purpose in that discipleship relationship it creates a start and an end as well, right? Like so now you don't have to be the person that asks somebody to disciple you and then you try to figure out how do I get out of this now? Like I've enjoyed our time together but I don't really wanna meet anymore and I don't know how to break that to you, right? So this creates kind of a natural, hey, let's start, please meet with me about this and when we've kind of finished that, then that, then that thing can be done for now until I, until I identify another need in my life, that I would love for somebody to teach. Okay, so this is gonna give some of you the opportunity where you say, Hey, I don't need to, I don't necessarily need to learn anymore about that, but I mean, I would love to teach somebody more about that. Uh, for us to then be able to connect some people outside of those nights and say, Hey, you wanna learn more about this? You feel like you know a lot about this? Why don't y'all come together and have a, a, a time of meeting where this person can be grown up by you in this area? Um, So that's, that's an effort that we want to make this year to increase your exposure to what we commonly call discipleship, for us to have an opportunity to increase our teaching to you, to have a wide, broad range of topics that we can cover over the course of a year, and then give you guys outside opportunity to pursue relationships with each other, to grow up in some of these areas that we identify as elders that we think would be really good to expose you guys to. Thoughts or questions about that?
0: Yep. I just like a comment for just encouragement for us as a congregation really just to equip us all individually to um, like one of the things that I've had to learn for myself is to think about discipleship that broadly it's almost synonymous with the word sanctification right discipleship is learning to look more like Jesus and sanctification is the process by which you're looking more like Christ and so I've been meeting with a guy for a a good bit and we got to a spot where I was like, man, I feel like we're not progressing anymore. And all I did was I paused and I just asked myself the question, in what way do I still need to look like Christ? And as I prayed about that, that gave me a really good direction for, hey, here's some things that he and I can talk through together uh, to continue to grow. So if you're ever in that spot, don't feel like you have to wait for the topic to come up. It's really just sitting down and asking yourself, in what way do I still need to look like Jesus? And then pursuing that. And if you're the discipler, like you're the person who's being approached, maybe the person is not equipped with that. It's as simple as you asking them like, hey, let's prayerfully talk about in what way do you still need to look most like Jesus? And mm-hmm. hopefully that takes a lot of pressure <coughs> on you, um, right. because right. it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict people of those sins and it's not yours. Right. So, but that question can really facilitate a lot of movement, a lot of trajectory.
1: And so that may, yeah, like as Dan says, a good point, like you may hear something on a Sunday morning that we're talking about and you're like, man, I I need more of that. Like, I I don't, I don't know how to, I don't, I don't know enough about that or I'm not doing that in my life or I don't even know where to start with that in my life. So yeah, it doesn't have to just come from those meetings. It, It, but what it does hopefully is it starts to create a culture where that becomes the norm. If you identify something that you're being taught Sunday or something that you hear about an accountability group from somebody, that, that you begin to identify this, this course of action of, hey, when I hear something or see something that I need to know more about or need to be equipped to do, man, the outlet is to come and express that to, to somebody in leadership or to somebody else in our church that says, hey, will you grow me up in this area, right? Even if you identify somebody else in the church and you just go to them, you can bypass me if you want to and just go to them and say, hey, I want to be like you in this area, and I'd love for you to invest in me and spend some time talking to me and teaching me about this area. It kind of removes the pressure of just, hey, will you disciple me? And the person going, sure, but what do you want to do? Oh, whatever you want to do. Well, I don't know what you want to eat. You know, like um, it kind of removes some of that confusion and pressure, and hopefully we will we'll allow those relationships to really be something that kind of takes off and, and goes. And again, like I said, we had a lot of people on that survey that said we'd love to disciple somebody, um, and this allows us to have, again, regular outlets where we're trying to pair people up as needed to do so. All right. Any other thoughts or questions about that? Yep. Yep, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna have um, some type of childcare available. Um, We've already talked about some options and opportunities for that. Um, We also recognize that it may be that um, what happens is you may say, hey, one of our one of us will come; the other spouse will stay at home with the ch- with the kids for the, for this month, and then we'll flip the next month. Because at best we're going to start at six thirty, maybe seven, maybe as early as six thirty. But we also know that a lot of you work, and it may be hard to get here by six thirty on a Wednesday night. So it may be that we have to do it at seven. And so for some of you, that's that's going to be too late to have your kids out. We do want to be kind of done within an hour, and then if people want to go eat or go get coffee afterwards, because again, it's taking the place of a men's and women's night. So. Theoretically, you could come here for the hour and then go do that still afterwards. Um, but we will have child care available. Um, we'll probably have like just a movie going on in the, in the um, nursery with adult supervision, and we may even be able to enlist our youth to help in that capacity, too, if they're interested. Um, so there will be child care available for those that need it, um, but it's also something where you have the option to say, hey, honey, why don't you go tonight? I'll go next month type of thing um, as well. So. Yeah, we're going to podcast those as well. So again, if your spouse stays at home with the kids and you come, you'll still hear the content. Um, if you want to, it'll still be available to you. So yeah, we'll. St- and that's one reason why we would want to do it at the church because we even talked about maybe we could do these at people's homes, um, but we want to be able to have the podcast stuff so that if you can't come, you may look at it and say, I can't ever come to those because of my work schedule. Well, the content's still going to be available to you. We'll podcast it again. It'll be in short short bits where it's going to be a 20-30 minute teaching time. So again, that should be something that you could easily listen to during the week if you if you weren't able to come. All right. <clears throat> well, again, like I said, I knew, I knew today would be a little bit different because of our leadership retreat, um, but I, I did feel like this information was important for you guys to be aware of, whether it's knowing exactly how to pray and care for Melissa as she gets ready to leave today, whether that's knowing exactly what's going on from a leadership standpoint with Marcus and how we're encouraged and excited about what's going on with him uh to our budget to to how we're you know wanting to do discipleship and, and, and increase our discipleship this year so hopefully that was beneficial for you to hear that content um i'm excited about again some of the fruit that's come out of this weekend and kind of a, a recalibration of, of things that we want to see done and being on the same page coming out of this weekend i think was really important for us and so um, i'm excited about those things all right um I'll, I'll I'll close this in prayer. I want to pray over some of these things, pray over our church as well, um, and then w- would invite you to stick around and hang out in fellowship um, as well. Um, yeah, Melissa, come on down so we can pray over you. So if some of our women want to come um, and gather around Melissa. I think Melissa's got to leave like, pretty close to right when we're done. So if you want to say anything to Melissa, make that first priority. All right, let's pray together. Lord, we love you and, and we thank you um, for your goodness to us, God. I thank you for, again, the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us and for the work and growth that's taking place in our church. Uh, Father, I thank you for um, just this time, this weekend that we've been able to to meet and to determine some things for our church. We thank you for the money that you're gonna bless us with this this year, God. I pray that we would use that Uh, To its fullest for your kingdom. Um, God, I pray that we'd be able to give money away uh, to the foreign mission field, to be able to give money away to local missions with Snowbird and the efforts they're making through their ministry, to uh, be able to have money on hand to help those in need that are a part of our church as well um, as unforeseen type things come up in their lives. Um, Father, I pray that you would continue to lead and guide our church as we seek to grow up in our faith, as we seek to. Uh, become more like Christ. God, I pray as elders, as deacons, as C group leaders, God, that we'd be able to help facilitate that type of growth in all of the things that we're doing. God, I pray for our accountability groups this year, that there would be a renewed, a renewed focus on meeting and meeting intentionally, uh, not only to have our needs met, but to be available to help serve and meet the needs of others around us as well. Um, God, that we'd be able to fight sin together, that we'd be able to, to see victory in our life, to see growth and progress, sanctification, as we become more like Jesus. Uh, Father, I pray that through our times of teaching, uh, Sunday mornings in small groups, uh, through these new discipleship nights that we're going to attempt to do, God, that, that this would be a, an opportunity for us to, to hear the word, but not just be hearers, but once again doers, that you would use the word to, to radically change us into the new creations that you've called us to be. Uh, Father, I pray for those in our church that you would continue to equip and grow so they can assume new leadership responsibilities in our church that will be needed. Uh, Father, that we'd be faithful to equip them and prepare them for that as well. Father, we do pray uh, for Melissa. She gets prepared to leave. God, we thank you so much for for her and her heart. Um, God, we're grateful for the sacrifices that she's made over this past year to leave everything behind and to invest a year of her life in Uganda. Um, God, we know that you always have plans in place that sometimes aren't the plans that we thought you had and so god I know she left with the intentions of of doing something and and god I know that she would she would express wholeheartedly that this past year has not been uh, a regret of hers because some of those things didn't happen that you used her in ways that she wasn't even thinking that you would use her and so god we thank you for this past year and the things that she was able to do and accomplish Father, we thank you for her desire and willingness to really think through what's best for her, for our church, and for the finances moving forward as well. Um, God, with her decision to come home, I pray that you would uh, prepare Chris and Dorothy and Innocent for the transition and changes that will occur there because of her absence. Um, God, I pray that they'd be able to accomplish the things that she was doing as she leaves. Um, God, I pray that you would allow her to get acclimated back here as she looks for a job, as she looks for a place to live, for transportation, that all those things would come into play at the right times. Uh, Father, I pray that you would also give her clarity long-term as we continue to monitor Grace for Education and the progress and the steps that they're taking. God, we want to be able to come alongside them and do whatever you call us to do to help support Chris and his ministry. Father, I pray that Melissa would remain prepared to to do whatever that looks like for her as well. As as she even comes home, God, I pray that she'd be able to support that ministry in ways that maybe we can't because we weren't there as long as she was and that she'd be able to be a presence here uh, for Chris and for Grace for Education as well. Um, Father, I pray that you'd keep her safe over the next couple of months as she goes back, as she travels today by herself. God, I pray that you'd keep her safe. Lord, I pray that as she goes back that she'd be very intentional with the time that you give her over there, uh, with the relationships. God, I pray that she would be very intentional in the investment that she makes, um, that she would use that time for your glory, that she would use that time for your purposes. Um, God, I pray again that you would prepare Dorothy and Innocent uh, for that transition as well. And uh, God, I pray that you would continue to give us clarity as a church in what we can do and even possibilities of adding other opportunities as well down the road so that we as a church can continue to send people around the world. Uh, Father, again, we just praise you and thank you for the work that you're doing in our church. I pray that you would continue to use us this year. Give us as leadership wisdom to know best how to shepherd and guide and lead our church family. It's in Jesus' name, let pray.
0: Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Hope Church podcast. We trust that you've been encouraged by the word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at www.sovhope.org. Again, that's www.savhope.org.